Good Monday morning. It is Kale and Company Live right here at WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. We are 1450 on the AM dial, 1039 FM in the Greater Concord region, and 1019 FM in Manchester and well beyond. Glad to have you with us on this Monday. And boy, things are picturesque out there. It's just like a uh, Courier and Ives Christmas card. And uh, it is beautiful. Looks beautiful. And uh, people are snapping pictures. The trees are snow-covered now for the first time, really, uh, all winter long. And uh, I I would venture to say uh, that there were at least six inches of snow that fell in Concord, maybe more in some spots, but at least six that fell in Concord. I was looking at the WMUR uh, website, snowy conditions making for a messy morning commute across New Hampshire. The Monadnock region, they say, was the hardest hit overall. Six and a half uh, inches of snow in Ringe, six in Jaffrey, 8.8 in New Ipswich. And, uh, Andrew, what was it like in, in Manchester this morning? Oh, it was uh, it was pretty messy still. Yeah? Yeah, plows were just coming out and starting to clear everything off. I want to uh, actually congratulate and commend uh, the uh, Concord Public Works Department because I, I thought they did an outstanding job of uh, at least the uh, the streets and roads that I traveled on uh, this morning to get here to uh, our plush but not overly ostentatious Reddington Road Studios. I think the Concord crew did a terrific job of uh, you know, removing the snow and uh, making the streets uh, drivable. But, uh, congratulations to Concord. But, and there's a big but in there, and folks, forgive me, it is Cremudgeon's Day. This is officially Cremudgeon's Day. So I will be cremudgeonly. Is that a word, Andrew? Cremudgeonly? I don't know. I will do my cremudgeon... Uh, <laughs> Forget it. It's Cremudgeon Day. And I will be cremudgeonly if I want to be. I cannot say uh, for the state of New Hampshire what I just said for Concord. Which I think they did a terrific job. Last night, the state DOT, in my humble opinion, dropped the ball. I was in Boston uh, yesterday, and I know Andrew was as well, uh, performing. I was just kind of hanging around watching the, the playoff games. I did see my son, uh, my grandson, rather, my grandson. I don't have a son. My grandson uh, playing basketball yesterday. His team won, which is a good thing. And then uh, Kitty Ray's grandson went to his video game thing near Fenway Park at MGM. And uh, I actually watched the playoff games yesterday at the the Encore Hotel and (coughs) Casino in, uh, in Boston. But... Actually, in Everett. But I had to drive back to New Hampshire. I got to the New Hampshire border around 8 o'clock last night. 
And, you know, the snow was falling at a very rapid clip at that time. The snow, which had been forecast for days, probably a week. They were saying that, you know, Sunday could be a tough travel day. They were saying three to six inches in the Concord area and Manchester and more, you know, in the western part of the state. And there was plenty of warning, plenty of warning for this storm. It didn't come out of the blue. And yet, I drove last night from, let's say, 8 o'clock. I entered Salem, New Hampshire, around 8 o'clock last night. And folks did not make it to Concord until after, after 10 o'clock. A trip that takes no more than 40 minutes on a regular commute. It was over two hours. And I did not see one plow with its blade down between Salem and Concord for two-plus hours. Two-plus hours. And that was heading northbound, obviously. Heading southbound, as we got closer to Concord, southbound side, I actually did witness uh, two or three plows with their blades down. I saw a few heading north, but none with their blades down. The conditions were downright treacherous. Thankfully, there weren't a lot of idiots out there last night trying to drive at 70 miles an hour in conditions like that. Everybody was pretty good, although there were some cars off the road and a couple in a ditch in that little gully between Salem and Wyndham, a couple down in there. So, I mean, I didn't see any real accidents Saw a couple of cars, a few cars off the road, and the couple I talked about that went down in the gully, in the median between Salem and Wyndham. But DOT in New Hampshire, atrocious job last night. Awful. In fact, it wasn't a job at all because (laughs) there were no blades on 93. This is Route 93, folks, arguably. And probably statistically, the most traveled area of New Hampshire now, maybe 95, you know, on, on the seacoast, which doesn't extend too far, just from like Seabrook to the main border in New Hampshire. But 93 between Salem and Concord? No, I know it wasn't a work night. You know, the traffic was not at its peak. But that's no excuse for not plowing. I don't know what the excuse is. Does anybody have any? I mean, is it a lack of snow plow drivers? I mean, very few people are actually working these days. So uh, is is it a lack of snow plow drivers? Is it a lack of money? They couldn't have run out of their plowing fund money already in the state of New Hampshire. But whatever the answer is, it made for extremely lousy conditions last night. 
And I know Andrew came up from Boston uh, last night as well. I don't want to get him. He's not a curmudgeon, but I am. But uh, the, the state of New Hampshire did not do itself proud last night. I will say the city of Concord did this morning. Congratulations, because uh, there was no issue getting to work today. It really isn't. I mean, I know schools are closed in, in most, most locations throughout the state today. Uh, at least uh, within our listening range. But really, there's no reason for the Concord schools to be closed today because the, the crews did a great job. They really did. Uh, and I know there are some places like Pittsfield, for example. Andrew pointed out to me that Pittsfield has a two-hour delay today. Yeah, that's, that's realistic. Uh, and it probably should have been the same thing in, in Concord, too, because uh, the crews did a great job in Concord. It's simple as that. And uh, that uh, was much appreciated by me and, and those that actually had to get to work today. I mean, so many people work from home today and don't, don't have to uh, uh, get out and uh, traverse the highways and byways of the state of New Hampshire. But there, there are some that still do. Uh, but uh, the state, no matter what they tell you, folks, I was out there more than two hours to get from Salem to Concord. And not that really it, it yeah, I was actually listening to the, the football game last night. So, you know, I was entertained. Uh, but it was not entertaining driving under those conditions. Let me tell you that. It was challenging. But thankfully... Thankfully, I really didn't see anybody that was trying to drive too fast under treacherous conditions. There were a few. The, the cars that were off the road were ones trying to get from the highway to an exit, and they kind of spun around and, and what have you. But I did not see any, any uh, accidents, really. I mean, a couple of spin-outs. I'm assuming that they were spin-outs trying to make it an exit. Because the state didn't do its job. Kale and Company Live, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental CoversMe.com. John Leahy is our Hockey East guru, and he will be with us right after these words. Kale and Company continues right here, WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. And thanks again to our great friends at Northeast Delta Dental. We will be right back. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com and as is our custom on Monday mornings during the hockey season, mostly Monday mornings, sometimes Tuesdays, but usually Monday, we talk about the number one collegiate hockey conference in the country, that is Hockey East, and we have our Hockey East guru with us, the very busy John Leahy. John, good morning to you. 
Ken, good morning to you. Always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on, John. And uh, you had, uh, I know, a stretch this past week of what, uh, four games and four nights, right? Or four days? Yeah, four games and four nights. Uh, Unfortunately, each game I broadcast, the team I broadcast before lost, but... uh, Still, it was great to be out at the rink, and it's it's a great life when hockey is around. That that is for sure, and you you do such a, a great job, John, the longtime voice of the Merrimack College Hockey Warriors, now doing uh, men's and women's games. Uh, I I know you know what, John. I had, I had a busy weekend myself. I didn't have a chance. I know uh, UNH split a, a pair of games in Vermont. Uh, beyond that, I, I really don't know. So we, I, I have you here to fill me in. Tell, tell me about it. Well, on the men's side, Ken, really the biggest story was the matchup of the top two teams in the nation. Coincidentally, they were both from Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston College and Boston University met this past weekend. They played on Friday at Conti Forum. Uh, BC came up with the win there. And then in the return match on Saturday at again, Serena, BC won again. So the Eagles sweep the Terriers, and uh, we have a tie atop the men's hockey standings now. A flat-footed tie, huh? Yes, we do. BC and BU are both 11-3-1 in the conference, and uh, they are tied at 34 points. And those teams are going to play each other again next Monday night in the Beanpot. So uh, we're we're excited about that for the league. Uh, Great week for Providence as well as the Friars swept UMass Lowell. And uh, Northeastern picks up the sweep. Over Merrimack, uh, winning a pair of uh, hard-fought games. So the standings continue uh, to be tight. BC and BU have uh, both a nine-point lead over Maine, who was idle, and uh, Providence uh, comes in fourth right now. UConn in fifth. The UMass and UNH are tied with 19 points. You've got Vermont with 16, Northeastern with 15, and Merrimack and UMass both will round out the uh, standings in Hockey East. Boy, I'll tell you, that uh, BU-BC rivalry has been fierce for years, but uh, no fiercer, I I don't think, if that's a word, than it is uh, right now because uh, they are, as you mentioned, uh, in Boston within just a couple of miles of each other, uh, the top two teams in college hockey. Yeah, it was unbelievable to experience. Obviously, I wasn't there for either game, but... I saw some of the video uh, clips on uh, X, I guess formerly known as Twitter. Yeah. And uh, particularly, I saw some clips from a Friday night's game at Boston College. And that place was so loud and so electric. Both arenas were sold out. It, it was so much fun, you know, not only to have the top two teams in hockey East butthead, but we're talking uh, number one and two in the pairwise. Yeah. And uh, BC. Uh, we'll take over that top spot in the pairwise with that sweep. Uh, BU drops to third nationally in the pairwise, but hot college hockey is as strong as ever can, especially in the city of Boston. Not only do you have BC and BU, but we've got Northeastern playing much better hockey, and it's going to make for an incredible bean pot next Monday. And yeah, that is for sure. It's all—it's always incredible, no matter what. But it, it takes on uh, added importance when the number numbers one and two teams in the land are going to face off in the first round uh, next Monday. It will definitely be a sold-out TD Garden, and uh, that place will be rocking uh, next next Monday night for those two games. No doubt about yeah. that. Yeah, obviously BCBU at eight o'clock—that's the marquee matchup. Yeah. 
You know, don't overlook Northeastern and Harvard. That's nope. going to be a terrific game as well. You know, I just saw Northeastern uh, Saturday night, and uh, this team is getting back to uh, prominence. The Huskies are getting healthy, uh, and uh, they're, they're going to make some noise in the bean pot as well. So uh, a couple of teams had really good weeks. Uh, we had a few teams splitting on the men's side, and a few teams weren't so lucky losing both games this weekend. Yeah, uh, I hear you. Uh, how about uh, as far as the, the women are concerned? Well, we have a new leader in uh, hockey's women, Ken. The UConn Huskies uh, now are in first place. Huskies uh, overtaking Boston College. And uh, UConn was 1-0-1 this past weekend. Boston College, they played a lot of ties lately. The Eagles have tied five of their last ten games. Wow. Uh, so that's uh, something relatively rare. But, uh, you know, Northeastern coming on strong. Dave Flint's club has won three in a row. I'm a New Hampshire native, by the way, John, as you know, Dave yeah, Flint. Be, yes. Yeah, he'll be back in the Granite State on Friday night when uh, Northeastern comes to the Whittemore Center uh, to take on UNH. But, uh, yeah, I saw Northeastern on uh, Saturday night. Huskies with a pretty dominant performance as they shut Merrimack out 4 to nothing, and then they won uh, the second half of the weekend 4-3. to three. So I, I'd have to say Northeastern is my team of the week on the uh, women's side. Uh, kudos to Holy Cross, too. They Picked up a couple of wins over BU, so the Crusaders trying to make some noise. Oh, they stand in uh, last place in the women's uh, division right now. The UNH Wildcats uh, had a terrific weekend. Wildcats winning a pair of games. So UNH has won uh, two in a row, and uh, Hillary Witt has her team playing very well, Ken. There you go. There you go. So that is uh, great news from Durham. And uh, Dave Flint will be back uh, in his home area on uh, Friday night. A New Hampshire legend of hockey is Dave Flint as he has guided the Northeastern uh, women's team for any number of years. Now, I really don't know how many years, but it's been a long time. And and his program has always uh, been uh, outstanding. So uh, Dave will be back and uh, looking to beat the Wildcats on uh, Friday night at the at the. Whittemore Center, John. I know there was a big card of uh, of wrestling on on uh, on Peacock over, over the weekend. Did you get a chance to see any of that? No, Ken. I mean, I only heard a, a little bit of it. Ah. Uh, but you know, too busy doing hockey. But uh, I kind of had a, a little bit of a taste of what happened. So uh, they're moving toward their marquee event, of course, which is WrestleMania, which will be down in Philadelphia. In April, so uh, I hear it was uh, quite an exciting uh, evening. Before, I just want to throw one other thing. Yeah, sure. The women's hockey. I want to congratulate. We're talking about Dave Flint and Northeastern. The Huskies won the bean pot, by the way, the women's bean pot. Congratulations to them. Yeah, they beat BU in overtime in a thrilling game, uh, two to one. So uh, Dave Flint got what I thought was a Gatorade shower. I talked to Dave before the game. On uh, Friday night, he said it was only water. So yeah, it was, it was just water. <laughs> all is good. By the way, Dave, Dave said to say hello to you. Oh, he did? Oh, okay, yeah. nice. Thank you. Uh, so at any rate, what I was leading up to was I, I was told by reliable sources, speaking of uh, wrestling, uh, I know there was the big show on Peacock the other night, uh, which I I fell asleep watching it. It, it wasn't any... Uh, <laughs> It wasn't any reflection of the action that was taking place, but it was just I, I had a long day, and you know what those are like, John. But, yeah. uh, but at any rate, uh, it, there there was a huge line around Fenway Park over the weekend. Not not for the Red Sox, not even for the Call of Duty video game challenge, but for Game On. 
as they, John, I'm, I'm telling you, as sure as I sit here, that they had midget wrestling at Game On in Boston over the weekend. Wow. Now that's quality entertainment if I've ever heard. Listen, there are very few things, very few things that I would wait in a long line for, for John, really. Uh, maybe to see you play on the stage at the, at the Bank of New Hampshire uh, stage. But uh, midget wrestling would be one of them because I haven't seen it in a long time. And now it's back. It's, it, I couldn't believe it. I, I had no idea it was wow. back. It's going to be uh, in Malden. They're going to have it in Malden, Mass, March 15th. I'm going to take my uh, my youngest daughter there for uh, for her birthday. <clears throat> yeah, she would, she would love that. Uh, also in Beverly, Mass., Drakeit and Milford, New Hampshire. I mean, it's midget mayhem wrestling and brawling. That's that's the official name of it. I, I John, I'm telling you, as I sit here, I had no idea it was going on. You I, should, Ken, you should file an application to be the play-by-play boy. I I tell you what, I I would be honored to do so. I would love that, and <laughs> and you could be my color analyst, John. Oh wow. Huh? Be an honor to work with you, sir. I, I haven't seen uh, midget wrestling since Sky Low Low and Little Brutus back in the day. You oh, know? my. Oh, my. Yeah. It's back. I can't. And that's what they're calling it. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, misrepresenting. Uh, I'm not calling it that in a slang way. That's how they bill it. Midget mayhem wrestling and brawling. And it's wow. back, John. That's a can't-miss event, Kent. i got to tell you that right well, now. Well, John, we'll have to hook up and, and see some. At least at least go to one of these things. Absolutely. All right. Well, John, thank you so much, as always, for being yeah, with us. Great update again. And uh, we will look forward to hearing you next week. And, of course, one week from tonight at the TD Garden, BCBU, they will be an angry bunch of terriers. You know that, John. Yes, indeed. I can't wait, Ken. All right. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Ken, thanks as always. Have a great All right. The great John Leahy, folks, our Hockey East guru right here. WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stand by for more. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, our producer is Andrew Gibson. And Andrew is involved in a show, live theater in Boston. And uh, Andrew, how did the first weekend go? I would say it went pretty well. Uh, lots of uh, very, very happy uh, fake blood-soaked people this weekend. And, and one of them, one of them we, we both know well, yes. and that is our general manager, uh, Catherine Martinez, was soaked with fake blood. No, she was not at the midget wrestling matches, no, folks. No. <laughs> what, what's the name of the show again, Andrew? Uh, the show is uh, Evil Dead the Musical. It is a musical that is inspired and a love letter to the uh, the campy horror Bruce Campbell movies from the 1980s. <laughs> oh, and good crowds and uh, some blood-soaked, fake blood-soaked people in the seats, including uh, Cat. So how, how did that come about? 
Uh, which was, part <laughs> was was it was it planned? Was it um, planned? It was so cat with fake blood. It was kind of planned. I, I may or may not have had something to do with that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, we we know that you absolutely <laughs> did have virtually everything to do with it. <laughs> but all in good bloody fun. All all in good fun. <laughs> right. All in good fun. There you go. So the show runs went through February, right? Yeah, end of February. So yeah, we have a few more weeks. Um, tickets are very scarce. We have over two thousand, uh, over twenty one hundred sold so far. Wow, that that is really something. Then the theater is not a large one, right? No, it is a very small black box theater. Only seats about one hundred and forty two. Yeah, um, and again, we we said last week that black box is like uh, the the old hat box. Yeah, which very used much to be like the hat box. Gate. Same yep. kind of a style. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a very intimate, small cast show, and it's just, it's a lot of, it's just, it's comedy. It's it's a lot of fun, and campy, campy horror, and, you know, very tongue-in-cheek humor, uh, I, a little bit of slapstick. Evil Dead, the musical. Yes. And uh, you can check it out in Boston, but tickets are scarce. I tell you, they are scarce. And uh, it's, uh, again, what the... Give me the name of the theater again. The name of the theater is the BCS, BCS Plaza Theater. BCS Plaza. BCS Plaza Theater. Small theater in uh, in the theater district yep. in downtown Boston. Yeah, pretty close to the Prudential Building, actually. Close to the Prue. And uh, I, I went past the Prue. Uh, more times this weekend uh, in a in a short period of time than I think I ever have in my life, uh, <laughs> but it was all good. It's all good, and uh, I I've, I've got to see this. I've got to see this, even if I have to buy a ticket from a scalper. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, it must have been. I, does anybody have pictures of that cat getting splattered? I, uh, I have. Well, she has a picture of the aftermath of her getting splattered. Um, I know that for a fact. Um, I don't know if there's an actual photo of the in progress ah, splattering. Okay. Yeah. Um, I myself have a few photos of the show of the device that that does these things. <laughs> does the blood splattering? The it, fake blood splattering. Yeah, it's yeah. about it's about three gallons in about ten seconds. Um, that this one unit does, and it's, it's pretty <laughs> impressive. Three gallons in ten seconds. Yep. And we go through Boy. several gallons of show. So. Well, you can use that when you do Sweeney Todd, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, what, what, did, she had no idea this was coming, right? Oh, no. She knew it was coming. Oh, she I knew? Just, oh, I, oh, 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 okay. I, 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 you know, I, I like to give a little bit of warning. I'm not, yeah. I, like, I try to be nice. Oh, okay. All right. So, so she was dressed appropriately for getting <laughs> fake blood splattered on her. Yes and no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. I cannot wait to see the results of the blood splattering. Yeah, you'll have to ask her for the pictures. <laughs> okay. I will do that. I will do that. <laughs> Evil Dead the Musical at the BCS Plaza. All right. In uh, downtown Boston, near the Prue, near the Prudential Center. So uh, there you go. And it's through February, but tickets are probably uh, harder to come by than, than they are for uh, a Celtics game or a Bruins game these days but uh, because it's a small venue, folks, and, and people want to see Evil Dead the musical. So a lot of, uh, a lot of fans of, of that genre out there, and uh, I'm sure it's a uh, 
terrific show. Have, have you uh, have you been reviewed, Andrew? Has um, the show been reviewed? Uh, we have had a couple of minor reviews. Uh, we actually had a production company that made a very, very recent camp horror film, and one of their producers, I think, was at the show, and he left a nice little review on socials. Oh, nice. nice. Um, so, and I think we actually have a... I think we might have a potential reviewer coming in this week. I'm not sure. So don't quote me on that. But Terrific. Um, but yeah, so far the response has been relatively positive. So the shows run when? Thursday through Sunday? Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday through Sunday. Wednesday yep. through yep. Sunday. Oh my goodness. That is a demanding schedule. And then Andrew has to get up and come here and listen to me yak for an hour. Can you imagine? Well, we have plenty yeah. of coffee. Yeah, so. I, I, <laughs> thank goodness. I mean, and Andrew makes the coffee. It is great coffee. It really and truly is when I don't spill it trying to put the lid on it. I'm never going to try and put a lid on it again. Believe me. One of these paper cups here, one of these cardboard cups, it's tough to put the lid on and not spill the coffee. It, it really and truly is. There are a couple of other highlights. Uh, we talked uh, college hockey with John Leahy and... A couple of other, uh, well, one other local highlight, and that is that the uh, Concord High Boys Crimson Tide hockey team is still undefeated as uh, they uh, defeated Bedford on Saturday evening at the Everett Arena, three to nothing. And somehow, someway, it's always very satisfying to beat Bedford. And uh, they did it. They shut them out. They held them to very few shots. Uh, they scored uh, three goals in the game, two by uh, freshman Jaden Haas of the uh, Crimson Tide, who currently uh, leads the team in goals. He's had a sensational uh, freshman year thus far. And A.J. Dow had a goal in the game as well. Concord 7-0-1. That one was a tie a couple of weeks ago against Bishop Girton on the road. And uh, they are the only undefeated team right now in Division One hockey. And we hope it stays that way. Their next game will be at Tritown Ice Arena in Hooksett when they take on Londonderry Wednesday night at the somewhat unusual starting time of 8.10 p.m. 8.10 p.m. for the faceoff against the, the uh, Londonderry Lancers at Tritown on Wednesday night of this week. And if you can't make it to the game, uh, you can always uh, watch it on the Concord Boys Hockey Facebook page. Well, after the show, uh, on Friday, after the Friday Fun Bunch, uh, Kitty Ray and I headed south, dropped her grandson off in Boston to see the, uh, the, the video game extravaganza, the uh, Call of Duty, which uh, wrapped up last night. So we headed south, and we went to the Patriots Hall of Fame. Uh, I had been there with my good friend Bob Lipman about uh, 12 years ago, and at that time, uh, you know, we, we had you know it was great, uh, and they've added a lot of things. Bob has been to uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. I have never been there, and Bob, in his opinion, this was 12 years ago now. He said that uh, it was better than the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. I can't say that because I've never been there, but the Patriots Hall of Fame, if you go way back with the Patriots like I do, uh, back to the early 60s, you would love a trip to the Patriots Hall of Fame. And the, uh, the great part of it was uh, on Friday afternoon, uh, Kitty Ray and myself 
had the whole place just about to ourselves uh, and uh, had plenty of time to, uh, to check it all out. They've got a great video about the history of the Patriots and also a great video about the history of football in New England. Uh, so it was just a great take, and uh, the admission is uh, very reasonable. I mean, if you're a senior citizen like us, uh, <laughs> it was $7, I believe. I think it was $7. And then if you wanted to get in the lighthouse and go to the top of the lighthouse that overlooks Gillette Stadium, you could do that for an extra 5 so there you go. For twelve bucks, you can do the whole thing. There are some great features in the in the uh, in the Hall of Fame. I uh, get to see the uh, uh, you know the artifacts of the Patriots from 1960 to today, and it's a terrific time. I know it's a bit of a drive, but you know, it's uh, it, it really. If you're a Patriots fan, you've got to check out the New England Patriots Hall of Fame at Gillette Stadium. Inexpensive admission, plenty of free parking, and say hello to Frank, one of the tour guides. I mean, we had like a personal tour of this whole place on Friday. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues right here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. Thanks to our friends at Northeast Delta Dental. Stay tuned for more. Welcome back to the program. It is Kale and Company Live. WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. Presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Hey, heard an ad uh, just a moment ago for uh, Pat's Peak. Wow, can you imagine what ski condition? I mean, they were great before. I, I When I traveled to uh, New England College, I always see Pat's Peak off to my left. And you can see the skiers. You can see, uh, uh, you know, what's going on at uh, Pat's Peak. Great conditions already, but can you imagine what it's like after what just happened over the weekend? Oh, the conditions will be ideal uh, at most of the ski areas uh, in the state for sure, whether it be Pat's Peak, Loon, or all of the other great ski areas in New Hampshire. Front page today above the fold in the Concord Monitor. This casino owner doesn't appeal. Concord Casino will continue to keep its lights off as Andy Sanborn has decided not to appeal the suspension of his gaming license. The deadline for filing an appeal was January 19th, and the Lottery Commission confirmed they had not received an appeal. Now, the former state senator, Sanborn, has no option but to sell the casino on South Main Street in Concord to a New Hampshire Lottery Commission-approved buyer within six months. According to the ruling by Independent Hearing Officer Michael King made on December 28th, if he fails to sell the business within six months, Sanborn will risk license revocation. The ruling was made on accusations that Sanborn fraudulently applied for and received $844,000 in COVID relief funds, which were intended for struggling small businesses 
to fund his lavish lifestyle. Casinos were explicitly excluded from receiving financial assistance. Sanborn managed to sidestep this restriction by masking the registered trade name Concord Casino on his application by utilizing the name Win 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 LLC instead and categorized the business as, in quotes here, in quotation marks, miscellaneous, according to an investigation by the Attorney General's office and the Lottery Commission. His lawyers later argued the company was a charity gaming <coughs> consulting business. Sanborn faces accusations of extravagantly spending the funds received from the loan on two Porsche race cars, totaling $181,000, and $80,000 on a Ferrari for his wife, Lori. Additionally, he paid himself, himself over $183,000 disguised as rent for his properties. King wrote in his report, the misrepresentations on the EIDL application and the subsequent use of the proceeds for expenditures not allowed by that loan constitute conduct by the licensee that undermines the public confidence in charitable gaming, end quote. Since the ruling, the casino's lights have occasionally been turned on, but the Lottery Commission assured that the gaming facility has remained closed. However, the draft sports bar and grill, located in the same building as the casino and owned by Sanborn, remains open. The Lottery Commission said, We have been periodic periodically reviewing surveillance to ensure that no gaming is taking place. King's decision left certain questions unanswered about a path back for Sanborn to operate one of the state's 14 charitable gaming establishments or the future of a larger casino and events center on Loudon Road, which he and his wife, state rep Lori Sanborn, got approved by the Concord Planning Board. If the new casino is built, Sanborn could not just operate the casino once the suspension is lifted, he must undergo a, a suitability review by both the Department of Justice and the New Hampshire Lottery Commission, the same government entities that investigated Sanborn's use of COVID funds and found him unsuitable for charitable gaming. Sanborn is also the subject of two criminal investigations by both state and and federal authorities. I think, folks, if it was you or I that lied on something like that to the tune of $844,000, I think we'd be wearing orange jumpsuits by now. I really do. This has taken a long time. And the evidence seems to be overwhelming. And I, I, I can't understand how, uh, even if he's not behind bars, wearing that aforementioned orange jumpsuit, I cannot understand how he would ever potentially get another gaming license. Uh, I mean, I, I know it has to go through all the proper investigation and, and all of that, but the, 
The evidence seems clear. The evidence is there. It is there. I mean, that he lied on the application. And casinos were not entitled to the COVID relief money. But I think, you know, it, it, I think it, it shows that I, I'm sure there was a lot of COVID relief money that was fraudulently, fraudulently, it's, it's Monday, fraudulently acquired by a number of operations that probably weren't entitled to get it. So, you know, you're actually stealing from the federal government. That's basically what it is. Spent it on expensive cars, paid rent to himself. I mean, this is, a, you know, fraud of the highest intent. And he was successful in acquiring that money. He was just, I think... Very stupid in the way he used it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it, it's illegal. But, you know, if it wasn't so blatant, buying three sports cars, paying rent to yourself. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, the, the evidence, folks, is overwhelming. And even the way that the uh, approval was garnered for this uh this, you know, this proposed new facility at the junctions of Loudon Road and Sheep Davis Road, that was kind of rushed through, uh, you know, the, the, in Concord. That was kind of rushed through and there wasn't a public hearing on it or anything like that, like there is for many other things. Uh, of its nature. Of course, there was, there's never really been anything of its nature, like a casino actually being constructed from the ground up in Concord, a city that has rejected the very innocent game of Kino for a number of years. A number of times it's been on the ballot. Kino has been rejected in Concord, and now there's the potential of having two casinos in the capital city, which I really don't mind if they're operated legally and above board, but not licensed to Andy Sanborn. I mean, he's shown that, you know, he is, uh, to put it, I guess in plain terms, he's a thief. Stealing funds, COVID funds, yet, from the federal government. He should, there should be no consideration at all that he should ever run a casino, at least, ever again. I, I don't know why there's any gray area there. There's plenty of evidence. Lying on the application is enough, isn't it? And casinos weren't intended to receive any funds. Uh, from uh, the, the COVID money that was available from the federal government. Now, at any rate, it, you, you haven't heard the end of it, folks. You haven't heard the end of it, and probably won't for quite some time, but uh, it is just despicable. Absolutely despicable. All right, I know it. It's, it is curmudgeon's day, so I, I know I've gone off on a couple of topics today. But I'm a curmudgeon! It's also National Carnation Day. 
uh, National Corn Chip Day. National Puzzle Day. It's a, a nice day to stay inside, look at the beautiful snow on the trees, and do some kind of a puzzle. Some people are puzzled why I'm on the radio, but we'll return again, I do believe, uh, tomorrow. And we will have our good friend Brian Coombs from the Rocking Horse Studio in Pittsfield with us tomorrow morning, live in studio from 8 to 9. Brian Coombs, terrific guy, and uh, maybe... Maybe Wednesday, maybe a, another special guest on Wednesday whose name would be familiar to most. All right, that'll do it. Thank you to Andrew Gibson for his production abilities, but especially for his coffee-making abilities. And we will see you tomorrow here. Kale and Company Live, WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental.